Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Coming up on NBA Today, the point guard returns with a healthy Chris Paul back in action. Are the Suns clearly the team to beat? And another point guard out west, John Morant, out for a number of games. So how concerned should the Grizz be? Plus, the point guard theme continues, talking all things full-time Kyrie. Like, which matchup should the Nets want the most come play-in time? NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. I'm here with Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins and Tim Legler are going to be by in just a little bit. But what better place to start than with the best team in the land? And no, I'm not talking about the dynamic duo of you of Kendrick Perkins. I'm talking about the Suns and the return, return of the point guard. I did. Isn't oh, that's so excellent? nice. Yeah, I thought Friday. I was going to change it must it up. Be Friday. It's Friday. I get away from you all weekend. The Suns versus the Nuggets. Chris Paul back in action. First quarter. Look at this. Paul showing off his handles. Yeah, it's Chris, a little jumper. Yeah, it's Chris Paul doing what Chris Paul does. Look, it's the sexy is back, the team, the management, all the things. This team is a great team but they become the best team in the league when he is playing. It's how he gets players involved. They know the ball is coming. Look, Mikael Bridges' his hands are ready. Look, his hands are ready. He's just ready to catch and shoot. That's because he knows his point guard can get him the ball at any point in time. Well, you said Chris Paul brought Sexy back. Ooh, That's well, what you said, kind of yeah, like Justin yeah. Timberlake. But Devin Booker in the third quarter, I yeah, mean, Devin new definition. Booker, yeah, that might – Chris Paul did was was sexy. This is making babies right here, what this <laughs> man is doing. He is just bucket, bucket. Look, defense on one end, then lead celebration. And look, every point – what I love about this is that every point was needed. His 70-point game, that was a little bit of a fluff. This was all needed to try and get this victory. 43 points through three quarters, 19 points in the third. The Suns showing their full arsenal here, but hear what the fans were chanting at Devin Booker. So clearly earning some MVP chance there for Devin Booker. The Suns beat the Nuggets. Hear what the Suns had to say after the game. I certainly thought getting Chris back tonight gave us a ton of confidence. I mean, to come back and have 17 to 13, like the first game back, just speaks to the level of greatness that he has. <sighs> so good, man. You know, we missed him. I know he missed the game. He's been right there with us the whole time that he's been out. So, you know, to see him back there, see him getting his legs back. I don't even know he had 13 assists, but, you know, that's. CP3. I'm good, man. I'm so grateful for an amazing team. It's nothing like being a part of this team, so I'm just happy that I could uh, get back. So the Suns have been dominant on both sides of the ball this season as they rank in the top three of both offensive and defensive efficiency. Only two other teams have done this in the past 25 seasons, and that was the 2015 and 2017 Warriors, who both won 67 games. And what else did they win, Richard? 
uh, NBA championship. Yeah, they won NBA championship. So Big Perk joins us now. And with that, the Suns, they clinched home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs with that win yesterday. And with Chris Paul back in the lineup, they are mostly healthy. Obviously, Cam Johnson's still out, but they got their floor general back. So what is the biggest difference in the Suns with CP3 back on the court? Richard, I'll start with you. Uh, the biggest difference, we were talking about it in the break, is that now that you have Chris Paul back on the ball, that means less responsibilities, the extra responsibilities for Devin Booker. Can he handle the ball? Can he do all of that stuff? Yes, but at the end of the day, that is where he is best utilized. He stars in that role as an absolute bucket getter. And when you have Chris Paul, because you know that they're good without him. They're a good team without him. But they go from good to the best team when mm. you add Chris Paul. What do you think, Big Perk? Well, I think you add, now you have two closers on the floor in the clutch time instead of one. When you look at Devin Booker and CP3, they both rank number one and number two for his clutch clutch moments in the fourth quarter. So when you add a CP3, I'm with Richard. Now Devin Booker is able to be the best version of himself, and that's just go get buckets and don't have to worry about facilitating for others. But also, CP3 can get buckets down the stretch as well. We talk about him dropping dives, but let's not forget, he has a history of taking over four quarters where he just put the team on his back as well and start pulling up from that mid-range. Well, you know who else noticed a difference in the Suns' play with CP3? three Nuggets head coach Michael Malone so here's what he said after the game the number one seed overall in the postseason the fellas brought the bite to Denver to beat that team you have to play almost perfect basketball we did it for stretches tonight but down the stretch they showed why they're the best team in the NBA man it's 17 years for me only the second time I ever been on a team that won 60 games we got a special team. Like we all cheer for each other, root for each other, and it's uh, it's fun to be a part of. Trust factor ain't nothing like it. One, two, three, together. This is what I'll say about Chris and Book. I challenged those two, and both of them took it. That to me is one of the main reasons why we've, we've been able to have a little bit of success. Is those guys allow me to coach them. We've done a good job of not worrying about what people say about us, but it needs some recognition. This team needs some flowers. All right, well, we'll give him some flowers then. We're now joined by Tim Legler and Legs. Some strong praise there from Michael Malone. So best team in the NBA is what he said. Do you agree? Yeah, there's no question they're the best team right now, Malik. And I love what he said about playing perfect basketball. To me, it's very fitting in describing the Suns because they've got perfect complementary parts. And for me, I look at an ingredient list, right? When you try to find a championship caliber team, there's a checklist of things that you have to have. This team has them all. So let's just go right down the list and talk about it. First, it starts with the coaching. Monty Williams, not only is he a great coach in terms of a tactician, for me, the most important thing, he connects with his players on a human level that few coaches in this league do. And as a result, there's a mutual respect. And there's guys that are connected to him and connected to each other because of his leadership. So it starts with the coaching. But now, let's take it on to the court and say, what do you need? What's the checklist look like for a championship caliber team? Well, let's start with the head of the snake, the brains of the operation. You've got to have elite point guard play. And they have it in Chris Paul, clearly. It's the Hall of Famer, no doubt. But what does he really do? He facilitates. He, he runs the show. He's got ball security. He can also take over games as a scorer when he needs to, like all great point guards in this league. Next, explosive wing scoring. You need a guy that can get a bucket at any time from anywhere against anybody. 
and that's what Devin Booker can do, particularly dominating the mid-range area of the floor because you have to be able to do that to avoid double teams. Next on the checklist, a dominant big, and they have one of those, DeAndre Ayton, and he can do it on both ends. He's a guy that's actually a better offensive player than he's given credit for because he can do things like this, step out, 18 feet knockdown shots. He's a great rim protector, great finisher off any drive and lob situation. He can do that, so check that box. Next, you've got to have three and D guys. They've got two of them in Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder. These are guys that can get after it, get physical. They can use length against you on one end of the floor, but then they can also make you pay on the other end by spotting up off of Booker and Chris Paul and knocking down shots. And in the case of Mikhail Bridges, get his own shot. Finally, this is a key component, Malika. They have got to have hunger to be a championship team. And I think when you look at what they went through last year against Milwaukee, you saw it on their faces when that series ended. This is a team that has approached the entire year with unfinished business mentality. That will get you across the finish line. There is no question they have earned the title right now as best team in the NBA, particularly with so many teams dealing with injuries, trying to make up that gap with Phoenix. All right, so let's bring in the full panel here and starting with a man who I know has hunger in Big Perk. What do you think of the checklist there? <laughs> oh, wow. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? Listen, here's the thing. Legs, you, you are absolutely right. Like, when, when you look at Phoenix, they check all the boxes, and we have to remind people that they did represent the Western Conference Finals. I mean, the Western Conference last year, right. and a lot of people said they had a lot of a lot of luck. And what they do, what they're doing right now is that they're proving people wrong. And they and, and when you look at their depth, you look at what James Jones has done for us, adding those pieces like a JaVale McGee and and Tory Craig. Like those are huge pieces, and these this team is on. The mission so you have no complaint or, or no disagreement whatsoever from me for as Phoenix being the best team in the NBA but guess what I'm still on the dark side You're I still, still got Memphis coming out of the still West. on the dark side all right then all right here's my question though we hear uh, Legler's checklist but my question is when you're looking around do the Suns do they have the best starting five in the NBA and if not who does Richard I want to start with you I think Milwaukee still has the best starting five yeah. in my opinion when you look at their big three when they play together they're they have one of the best winning percentages in the league now I know the Suns have been playing the best basketball all year long but we don't want to say this they're in the weaker of the two conferences it's been established it's been established all year long but there was questions early but now it's been solidified. The Western Conference is the weaker of the two. But the Bucks have the finals MVP. They got a two-time MVP. They got a defensive player of the year. Then they got Drew Holiday, who's an all-star, all-defensive guy. Then you talk about 3 and D. You got guys that can get buckets. All of the checklists that, that Tim said, they also have them on the Milwaukee Bucks. And so that's why I think they still have the best starting five. Big perk? Mm. I'm going with the Celtics. Uh, I'm going with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Homer. and uh, Marcus Smart and crew. And no, no, I'm not because here's here's the here's the fact of the matter. Just like we're talking about Devin Booker being in the MVP conversation, one could put Jason Tatum in that conversation right now. The way that he's been playing, sure. Jalen Brown has found his his stride alongside Jason Tatum. But when you look at Marcus Smart and Rob Williams, both of those guys could also win Defensive Player of the Year for the impact that. 
that they have had as far as anchoring their defense and being those guys that defending at the wing and things to that nature. And Big Al Horford, right? I can't say enough about how he has fit into that role alongside those guys. He stretches the floor. He does everything that they need him to do at that four position. At that age, he's still capable of switching one through five. So I'm going with the C's. Legs? Perk, I like that. I like that. Richard, I love your answer too. But here's the thing. I'm going to throw a little caveat into this because I think we need to examine these teams, mm. quote, when fully healthy. And I know that that's a reach because – there are teams right now that we don't know when that's going to be when these guys get there. But for me, if everybody is at full strength, I still like Golden State, right? When you have Steph and Clay and what they do to defenses and the way that you force teams to communicate, the way that you force teams to extend themselves defensively, the issues they cause you in transition, co combined with a guy like Draymond Green, who I think is motivated again this year because they're winning again. So now Draymond Green's impact is felt on a nightly basis. You've got Wiggins, who's an all-star now, and this is a guy that plays both ends of the floor for the first time in his career. Golden State has brought out the defensive end in him. And then you round it out with a Kavon Looney, or if you want to go small, you throw a Kaminga yeah. in there. So I think if Klay Thompson has found his footing and he's back to 100%, Draymond Green is 100%, they get Curry back, I still like the Golden State Warriors overall what? starting five. Man, no, no one is taking the Leeds. Suns. No one's taking the Suns. They're starting. They're starting no, with no, their their big three, no, including uh, DeAndre Ayton in that, plus Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder. That good. seems like a pretty really, well-rounded yeah. team. Not no, to mention the guys that they have coming good. off the bench. Big part. Why you don't take them? I'm taking them right now. That's why awesome. you don't take them. I'm yes. taking the okay, Suns. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing here, yellow. Here, here, because she doesn't, she she doesn't work for them like you work for the Celtics. <laughs> picking the Celtics. Perk, that's why. Perk, Perk, I don't understand. Perk, why aren't you legs, taking the dark side? Legs, Perk, I don't understand. Legs. Well, legs. legs I, I got a question. I got a question for you. Like. It's, on, it's less than yeah. 10 games in the season, right? And we're talking about the Golden State Warriors and their health, right? J Draymond Green is dealing with back issues. Just because he's on the floor, we don't, like, I don't believe he's 100%. Klay Thompson has shown us at times that he's he's capable of being the old Klay uh, of old, but he has had more rough stretches than he has had positive stretches. And then we know the history for us with Steph Curry with his ankles with – Time not being on their side, I just don't see the Warriors being being able to make up ground and for this season for us, you know what I mean, being able to accomplish hey. their ultimate goal. Hey, Perk, just one comment on that. You're 100% right. Listen, the bottom line is this. I picked the Warriors early in the season to win a championship, and you saw the movie Titanic. The captain oh. stayed on the thing to the end. I'm staying on. You stay, you're going to stay, stay, stay on the ship. Playing. I just gave the band 100 bucks. They're still playing. This thing could be going down. I'm going to be the last man on it, so I'm sticking with the Golden State Warriors until I know for a fact it's not going to happen. I mean, respect to you on that, Tim Legler. And speaking of injuries still to come on NBA Today, how concerned should the Grizzlies be about no jaw for these next two weeks? That's what Taylor Jenkins said. And the bottom of the East playoff picture is packed. So which matchup might the Nets most want come play in time? Plus, what a moment this was. Might it win best picture in our NBA Today themed edition of the Oscars? Stay tuned. NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week.
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Fans, it's time to make some noise. Please welcome your world champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Number 21, Drew Holiday. Your world champion, Milwaukee So Bonnie Olson yesterday became the first woman to serve as public address announcer in Bucks history. She's also the P&A announcer for the University of Wisconsin-Madison women's volleyball, basketball, and softball. So very cool to hear a female voice announce the Bucks players. I don't know if I can ever remember going to a game and hearing that. And in the words of John Oliver, and now this. The Grizzlies say superstar John Morant is out at least two more weeks due to lingering knee soreness. And coach Taylor Jenkins says the team expects Morant to return just before the playoffs, saying, quote, we expect him to make a full recovery. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. But make no mistake, no job. No problem for the Grizzlies, who've been excellent without their front man, going 16-2 and two and outscoring teams by 18 points per game. They've been fabulous, of course, with him as well. So you've all said on this show many, many times that you want to be playing your best basketball right when you're heading into the playoffs, and we're getting to that point. So, Richard, I want to start with you here. Is it a small deal, a medium deal, a big deal that jaw is out just when you want the plane to be landed? It's a medium deal because this team has already proven that they can play extremely well without him. Where it becomes kind of problematic is more can they play the type of basketball that is needed? Because if John Morant has one off game, that's fine. They can prove that they can beat him. They beat the Brooklyn Nets without him at home just a couple of nights ago. For me, it's more about when you get to that higher level. Can he reach that kind of rhythm that he needs in order to take his team to where Perk says possible NBA championship? How big of a deal is this big Perk? Oh, no big deal at all. He'll be fine. Look, the, the Grizzlies got culture. The Grizzlies has shown us that they have an elite basketball squad. And John Moran, look, this is just—they're just being cautious right now, and rightfully so. We saw him dancing up and down the sideline. If the playoffs started today, he would probably be playing. I would bet the house on him. So when I look at it, he fits right on in. Guys know their role. That's the thing that I take away from the Memphis Grizzlies. They're a bunch of young guys that got old souls that know their roles. You don't see guys trying to play out of body. You don't see guys playing hero ball. You see togetherness. You see guys cheering one another. We saw Desmond Baines. He broke Mike Miller record for his three-point shots, and it seemed like guys were hunting and fishing him out, trying to help him accomplish that goal. This is the thing that I love about the Memphis Grizzlies, and this is why I say it's no big deal. Jai is out for at least two more weeks. He'll be just 
just fine when he get back. Well, and talking to Taylor Jenkins in Memphis, it seems like the Grizzlies, maybe more so even than other teams, have this system that's just plug and play. Even without John Morant, which they've been without him for a good amount of time this season, they've been able to sort of carry on. We just saw the numbers of how good they are without them. Richard, what are you looking for over this stretch? Well, it's very similar to the Phoenix Suns. Like, at one point in time, they knew Chris Paul was out. Then Devin Booker had the COVID situation. When you look at it, they have a plug and play system, very similar to what Malik says. That's why Cameron Payne can come in. That's why Cam Johnson can come in. And you have these guys that are able to come in and just kind of keep the engine moving. It doesn't mean that they're going to play as well as Chris Paul, but they're not going to fall off a cliff say some other teams that we've seen when there's best players out or one or two players about they fall off a cliff great teams mm -hmm. with great culture and great organizations are able to withstand these types of bumps in the road well and not to mention big perk dylan brooks has missed a chunk of the season and now we're seeing him be able to start to help this team right yeah, absolutely. And he's still trying to find his way. You have to remember, he's coming in into a different role now because offensively, I'm looking at Desmond Baines, and right now he's the number two option. But again, when you see guys playing agenda-free basketball and you've been out and your team has had success, you have no other option but to come in and fit right on in the way that they're playing. But I have to give a lot of credit to Tyus Jones. Like, this kid is remarkable as far as being one of the best backup point guards in the league. Ja Morant goes out, and he just comes right on in. He's not Ja, but he does his job. You know, like against the Nets, he had a quiet 16 and 10 because Kyrie Irving had 43, but he just comes in, he he runs the show, he doesn't have an agenda, and he, he makes sure everyone gets involved and gets their touches, and I think we don't give him enough love like we should. Well, speaking of Kyrie Irving, Shall we go from the dark side to Barclays Center? Because still ahead on NBA Today, a mind-blowing stat about how good KD and Kyrie are together. Why scary hours certainly may await in the East. And James Harden makes the case for his teammate Joel Embiid as MVP. So do Big Perk and Richard agree with the beard? Plus, it's almost that time for the Academy Awards on ABC. So we've got some awards to hand out as well. But we're going to do it NBA Today style when we return. Keep it locked. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Welcome back to NBA Today. So the wait is over. Kyrie Irving is now a full-time member of the Brooklyn Nets, and a lot has changed since June 7th, 2021. Remember, that's the last time that Kyrie played in Brooklyn. And Kyrie and the Nets, they beat the Bucks by 39 points to take a 2-0 lead in that series of last year's playoffs. And then two games later, remember, he was injured. And long story short, you all know the rest. The Bucks won their first championship in 50 years. But now he's back, and it couldn't happen at a better time for Brooklyn because look at this the Nets they're currently eighth in the East with nine games left to play they do have the fourth easiest schedule remaining but remember if the vaccine mandate hadn't been lifted he would have missed seven of the nine remaining games for Brooklyn and while the Nets are just eight and 12 with Kyrie on the court when he plays with Kevin Durant they are as good as it gets offensively, scoring over 128 points per 100 possessions. The final stretch for Brooklyn, it begins tomorrow night against the East-leading Miami Heat. And right now, I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain. This was the time that we were supposed to, Richard, hear from Kyrie Irving. He was supposed to talk at shoot-around, but guess what? Wow. He didn't. Okay. So instead, we're going to head down to South Breach Beach and bring in our Nets reporter, Nick Fredelsi. there. Uh, Nick. What more can you tell us about Kyrie not speaking to reporters today? <laughs> Malika, you were standing with me there in Memphis on Wednesday night, and Kyrie was beaming. It was his 30th birthday. He knew what was coming and what the mayor was going to say, but he didn't want to say anything until the mandate and the rollback had become official. But he walked off that podium and he said, I can't wait to talk to y'all once this thing becomes official. And today, we're at practice in Miami, and we say, we'd like to talk to Kyrie. And the Nets PR staff comes out and says, Kyrie is declining to comment today. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen in this Nets season, and it seems to be par for the course. But this is a very happy and confident group knowing that this thing now is behind them. Well, in that video that our viewers are seeing right now, that's Kyrie Irving at practice today. I know Steve Nash told me that he's not going to let himself get excited until the ball actually tips up in Barclay Center and Kyrie Irving is standing on the court. But Nick, Kevin Durant, he did speak about the mandate and was asked if there was any frustration that it took so long to happen and if baseball's opening day played a part in that change. There's no crying over spilled milk. It is what it is, you know. Um, but I'm not naive to the fact that the, the Mets and the Yankees, I mean, they have a lot of power in our city. And, uh, you know, I'm sure once um, they all helped and had conversations with whoever they needed to talk to, it was able to push it over the top. So sports and, you know, is, is a huge factor in a lot of these major cities. And I'm glad we can get things done for everybody to move forward. All right, so Durant with an interesting take on the situation in New York. So how is the policy change reverberating with the Nets, Nick? Malika, there is not only happiness that Kyrie can now play in Barclays Center. There's a relief throughout the organization because Kevin hit on it. They were just so sick of talking about this. They were sick of being asked the questions and Durant mentioned. For the last month, he kept getting his hopes up. He kept feeling like, all right, these reports are coming out. It's going to happen next week. It's going to happen in a few days. It's going to happen. And then over the last few days, after they listened to the mayor's comments on Tuesday in City Hall, I think a lot of people in the organization went, 
is this thing going to happen? When is it going to happen? And now with baseball's push and the Yankees and Mets there, it got through. But for the Nets, they feel like finally they can just focus on basketball. And this is a team that legitimately believes if you find the rhythm with Kyrie and KD in these last couple weeks of the regular season and go into the playoffs, that they can go and win a title this year. Now, people will hear that and think, I don't know, given the fact they haven't had a chance to build that chemistry. But the hope is there with this group on top of the fact Malika Ben Simmons traveled to Miami. He mm. appears to be feeling better. He still hasn't done any on court work, but the Nets are hopeful that he can take the next step in his own progress here soon. That's absolutely correct. I mean, Steve Nash said that he thinks that Ben Simmons is feeling less pain after he got that epidural. Nick Friedle, thank you so much. All right, coming back here with Richard Jefferson. And for those at home who may not know, you are a TikTok star, but your other <laughs> side hustle, right? Everyone knows that. Your other side hustle is that you broadcast Brooklyn Nets games and mm -hmm. you were also a pretty good NBA player. So what's the biggest <laughs> difference between going from a part-time player to a full-time player now for Kyrie. Uh, I'm going to be honest, absolutely nothing. Like hmm. Kyrie has played in three NBA finals, I believe. He's played in three NBA finals. He's played in the Olympics. He's played in every big game. So to add one more game or a couple more games to the schedule, if anything, it should just make him better. Now Kyrie does have, I don't want to say injury history, but you have to make sure you're taking care of your body because you're not getting nearly as much rest. But that's what he's used to over the course of his entire career. Every player is used to that. So there's not much of a difference other than him possibly getting a little bit more rhythm, which is scary. Right. Well, but then you have to remember, too, that the Nets, they're not really practicing right now. So yeah. Kyrie Irving, so much of that fell on himself to keep himself in that tippy-top shape. And now he's going to get it while he's building chemistry. But the Nets, they currently hold the eighth seed. But the race to see who they would face in the play-in, if they stay there, it's heating up a little bit. So just one game separates the Bulls, Cavs, and Raptors in the five through seven spots. So if you were the Nets... Who would you most want to see in that 7-8 play-in game? Richard, I'll start with you. Well, looking at the tippy top uh, of that bracket right there, I would say the only team they don't want to play is Toronto for the obvious reasons because Kyrie cannot travel and play there. After that, if you've got Kevin Durant and you've got Kyrie Irving, there are no more excuses. Now, did you put yourself in the best spot? Some of it was under your control. Some of it wasn't. So I understand that. But ultimately, any team but Toronto, I think they'll take it. Kendrick? I'm going with the Chicago Bulls. I think if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I will really want to play the Chicago Bulls. I mean, look, we've been sitting up here watching the Chicago Bulls struggle mm -hmm. to get wins against elite competition. And so with that being said, I like, I li if I'm Brooklyn, I like the chances. I don't want to go against Toronto for the simple fact that we know that Kyrie can't play. And Toronto has been playing a great, a great brand of basketball yep. as well. They got size, they got athleticism. You know, Siakam has turned the corner. So if I'm the Nets, I'm really hunting for the Bulls to play against and I definitely don't want to play against Garland and Mobley and what they doing down there in Cleveland. Well especially remember Kyrie Irving since he left the Cavaliers he hasn't played there a whole lot. Tim Legler what do you think? Well, listen, I agree, obviously, with Toronto for obvious reasons. I also think in the case of Toronto, you don't want to play them because there are some guys that are holdovers from championship basketball and their head coach also. So you don't want to get into one of those situations against a team like Toronto on the road with what they've done in the past. So for me, it is Cleveland, Perk, and here's why. Right now, they're leaking oil a little bit. This is not the same Cleveland team that we were talking about early in the year that was one of the great stories in the league. Look, it's still been a great story, and it's still been a great season with a bunch of young guys. 
But if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you get a chance to play a team whose key guys are this young and have not really gone through anything like that, a pressure environment where in a situation where you're talking about getting into a 7-8 where now you lose that game and you are literally facing a game to be eliminated from the playoffs altogether, I give me that young team and put them in that position. So if I'm Brooklyn, it would probably be Cleveland that I'd be looking at. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. The only issue is, is that Jared Allen, they expect him to be back possibly close to the postseason. So if you get to this play-in tournament, now Jared Allen's back. Now kind of that magic that they were playing with all season long with Mobley at the four, Jared Allen at the five, they become a much different force. Chicago, to your point, I, I did the Pelicans game last night. Versus, they just don't look like they have the energy. And they've just – I know no Lonzo Ball. I know DeMar, no DeMar Rosen. So, they're, literally any one of those teams, to our point, but Toronto is the one that they want. Right, because obviously Toronto, with the vaccine mandate that's still in place for crossing over into Canada, Kyrie Irving could not play there. But if they can get past the play-in and get a little farther along in the playoffs, then maybe we would get the matchup of the Brooklyn Nets versus James Harden and the – the Philadelphia 76ers are still to come on NBA mm. Today. Find out why former MVP James Harden stumps for his teammate Joel Embiid saying the MVP is Joel's to lose the Beards take. That's next on NBA Today. Wow. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. The MVP race is largely down to Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, based on the latest odds from Caesar Sportsbook, with Embiid the odds-on favorite at minus 160, and Jokic next at plus 135. So James Harden told our Ramona Shelburne this about Joel Embiid's chances to win. Quote, he deserves it, man. I've only been here for a few weeks, but I already see his mindset. He wants to win. Some guys, they just want numbers, but he has both. All right, so back here with Richard and Perk. That is the opinion of a guy who's won the MVP award. So, Perk, I'm starting with you because Richard's barely paying attention. Is James right? The MVP is Joel's to lose at this point. Absolutely. And, and, and I know we've been having discussions and the Internet is going crazy about Devin Booker, and rightfully so. To all the people out there, he's in the conversation. But Embiid should be the front runner because usually when you're the runner up like he was last year, you have an ultimate shot at, at going the following year to, to get what you deserve. And he's having a better season. Look, Ben Simmons quit on him at the beginning of the season. Joe L. Embiid came out publicly and said, I can't worry about him no more. I got to be ready to go to war with the guys that I have in the locker room. And he did just that in great fashion. And look, before James Harden got there, 
there, Philly was still a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. That's the best conference in the NBA. They're only a game and a half from having a number one seed. So you take all that in one pot and what he has done with his body of work on the court and leading this team, I think it's a no-brainer that he should win the MVP this year. Well, we can't call it a no-brainer, but yes, he should be the individual that is leading currently. Uh, you know, mainly I for the reason. I can call it what I want to oh, call okay, it. Okay, you can say whatever you want, Perk. I get that. I appreciate that. Now let, let yeah. me finish, okay? Um, what I'm basically trying to say is right now where Denver is hovering. Denver is hovering right there at their six. They're only a game in front of seven. So potentially they could be in the play-in. And for me, that just becomes very, very difficult when you could possibly be voting for MVP. And this is not all Jokic's fault. His numbers are improved from last year. You've seen an improvement of his game. His his main guys have been injured. Jamal Murray hasn't played all, all year. Porter Jr. has been in and out, not really playing and contributing. So it's really been him. But I understand that, but you can't give the MVP, in my opinion, to someone who possibly could be in the play-in and could possibly not make the postseason where you look at what Joel Embiid is doing and they have an opportunity for the one seed. That's just too, gap, too big of a gap, especially since Jokic's numbers are only a smidge better than, uh, than uh, Joel Embiid's. But here's my question. If you were to flip-flop the two, if you were to put Joel Embiid on the Nuggets and you were to put Nikola Jokic on the 76, I mean, Nikola Jokic is doing that. You guys are seeing so certain that Jokic isn't the MVP but what Jokic is doing without Jamal Murray mm -hmm. without Michael Porter Jr. what if the, the situations were reversed I, well I, I understand that your point and that's why there is no right answer to this when you look at those numbers Jokic is dominating in every main category especially when you talk about how the team is built but Jokic is a different player than Joel Embiid right and I, and I say that not to be disrespectful to Joel Embiid but it's just like what the way the offenses run through him everything that they do the talent that they have around him but for me I just think the most dominant statistical season has been Jokic I think the most valuable player to a team which oftentimes the MVP goes to look Steph Curry's won back-to-back -back because their team was number one seeds. Milwaukee, they won the MVP because their teams were number mm -hmm. one seeds. Yeah. Derek Russer, yeah. or Derek Rose. Yeah, all these guys have won MVPs because they were either contending for a championship or up there. It's not statistical. I don't have a vote. Don't yell at me, people. I'm just well, saying the truth. has a vote. And, and look, <clears throat> I know Tyrese Maxey. Like, he has, he has improved tremendously. He's in the conversation for his most improved. But if you was to swap, to me, like... Aaron Gordon and Tobias Harris is a wash, in my opinion. Like, they wash each other out. When you look at MB, like, night in and night out, he has to go out and get 30 points a night in order for his team to win. In my opinion, it's nice I didn't see uh, uh, Jokic where he didn't have to go out there and score that many points. Like, they wasn't just force-feeding him and saying, go get us buckets, because other guys around him was actually step up. We looked at that matchup when they played it, when they played on ESPN. When Joel and Jokic was going at it, the deciding factor was actually the kid Hollins who came up big to help Denver win that game. So when I look at what Joel and B has to do, for, for have to do night in and night out for them to win, it's just a different feel. But, but Perk, you didn't really help your your argument when you're talking about like Bones Highland being the individual that kind of like separated that game, which he did. That is correct. But the reason why he's able to do that, a lot of it is because he's playing with the type of player that feeds you buckets. He can drop assists that basically make themselves. So while Highland is impressive, well, a lot of it has to do because Jokic is out there distributing to the entire group. So are you changing your pick? I am not changing my <laughs> okay. pick. I, I'm saying currently well, right well, now, well, I have. Well, hold on. Hold your thought. Hold your thought. Hold, oh, shut your mouth. 
Shut your mouth. What I'm saying really quickly is that Joel Embiid at this moment has a smidge in front of Jokic. Now, if Jokic finishes strong, his team is 5-5 five and five over the last 10 games. Uh, if they finish strong, if they put themselves in a good spot, then maybe that conversation will change. Right, I, and I understand all that, which is the same oh. reason that we're not talking about. <laughs> the same reason we're not talking about Kevin Durant, right? It's because of the team's record, in large part, when you look at what the 76ers and what Joel Embiid is doing. Then when you get down to the three through five, who's going to finish in there? I mean, mm. that's where things start to get really interesting. Devin Booker is certainly mm -hmm. making a case to have his name mentioned and voted for there. All right. We're going to stick in the East, though, because Wednesday night on ESPN, the East leading Heat, they take on the sizzling Celtics at 7.30 Eastern, and then it's the West leading Suns and the Warriors. Our coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. We are just minutes away from Hollywood, and this big trophy is right here in our studio, so it's our turn to hand out some Oscars Ooh. NBA Today style. Ooh. Is that why you dress like that? Yeah. Okay. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. J.J. Redick in that commercial may deserve an Oscar. And speaking of, Sunday night on ABC, it's the Academy Awards. Oscars will be handed out to the best of the best from what Hollywood had to offer over the past year. So do not miss that. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. And Richard, that got me thinking that we have this huge, you know, Oscar knockoff that kind of, it looks a little bit like you, actually, in the studio. So why not hand out some Oscars? Some I don't look Academy like that thing. Awards. Don't even start that stuff. Don't even start that joke. A little bit. We're going to start with best costume. Okay. We have, first up, we're, what we're going to do is some style. So remember this. Oh, this is amazing. Came out wearing white uniform. That would have been a hell of a game to watch. Like, the, the, the game got delayed because they came out and they said oh, oh, it was the spider-man yeah, like, oh. what I would give what I would give for them to play that game in that manner that would the amount of turnovers it would have been hilarious well been hilarious well we also well. have James Harden oh we got more wardrobe? Yeah. Oh, yeah we have more we have more nominees oh, okay nominees oh I just lied to you that's the winner best yeah, picture, that's the winner. <laughs> best right. picture. usually best picture is safe for the real Academy Awards but in this second we're, segment we're taking it literally right so we're going best actual picture which one do you think I'm going to say this record because I think that this is beautiful. These guys, this is a part of their legacy, that three-point record, and the fact that they were so willing, the fact that he was in the building calling the game, the fact that he was their support, I think that is a beautiful thing to show the brotherhood in this league. That's the best picture. All right, can I get a drum roll, please? And the winner is... It's Come on, this was the poster of the season on, season on Jakob Pertl. No, no, this was a heck of a poster. Uh, look, I got no. I said we just no. talk about we just talked about Steph breaking the three-point record, the Holy Grail, and we're gonna give a dunk off of that. But John Morant, he's got a million more of these because he is a bad, bad man. I got you. All right, we're taking some liberties on the next topic. Best original score. I know usually this is for music, but what we're gonna do is like the best scoring night. So we have a bunch of guys going off for a whole lot of points. 56, 60s pieces over on these two. A lot Which of one pieces. you got? 
I'm going to say Kyrie. I think Kyrie, that 60 point, hopefully that is something in the future that we can see. Carl Anthony Towns is a close runner up. Bron, it doesn't count if, if your team is where they are. It's Carl Anthony yeah. Towns. Oh, God, I keep guessing wrong. And anyone who hasn't read Ramona Shelburne's story oh. up on ESPN.com, I encourage you to do so. It's about Carl Anthony Towns, about this night. It's really an incredible piece. All right, so this is going to be a fun category. Drama and the NBA, they do go hand in hand. So the nominees, you see them right here. Obviously, we remember the Jokic-Morris skirmish. This is recently with Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat. And then who could forget Isaiah Stewart. So let's get a drum roll, please, for this one. The Isaiah Stewart. Recency oh, bias. On, You're bad at this game. Well, yeah, well, yeah this is a terrible game. <laughs> this is a terrible game. Look, they're trying to have a conversation. That's all it is. These are grown men having a conversation. And look, this is my favorite thing about watching The Last Dance. I know it was a couple years ago, but this type of stuff happens all the time. You guys just very rarely get the chance to see it. Well, I got to say the best prop would have to go to the clipboard because that thing cracked oh, yeah. like that. All right. In our case, the best director, it's going to go to the best head coach. So is it your boy, J.B. Bickerstaff? It is 100% J.B. Bickerstaff. Taylor Jenkins or Greg Popovich. It's going to be J.B. Bickerstaff, but I'm probably wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. It's Greg Popovich because how could we not give it to the man who, who now broke the record all-time wins, but we didn't give it to Steph who broke the all-time three-point record. So I guess we're we're not following the same formula over here, people. Oh, well, this is my game, and I set the rules. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so Greg Popovich <laughs> is the winner. All right, coming up, we still have way more NBA Today. So NBA Today will be back, and we're going to be talking about Kobe Bryant and his sneaker deal at Nike. That's next on NBA Today. Let go. Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. This is Kobe Bryant. This is Jam Session coming at you. So some news coming out of the sports apparel world in the last 24 hours. Nike and Kobe Bryant's estate have agreed to a new long-term contract. And Vanessa Bryant and Nike announced that Nike will produce shoes and clothing from Bryant's Zoom Kobe series. And remember, Bryant's initial deal with Nike had expired about a year ago. And according to ESPN's Nick DiPaola, nearly 20% of NBA players have worn a Kobe sneaker since his death in 2020. And Brian Windhorst, he had a story earlier this year about players literally hoarding shoes because of the limited supply. And Nike will also be launching a Gianna Bryant shoe series. And the proceeds from that shoe will go to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. So, Richard, what, what, I mean, how many Kobe's do you have, first of all? I'm going to be really honest. I have one Kobe Bri pair of Kobe shoes, and it's mainly, it was the shoe that they gave us all uh, upon his retirement. So, like that, you know, that game that he's had, that famous game, the end of his career. They gave us all like a pair of black shoes. So that's one Kobe. I literally wore it 
one time, and I have them up in the closet. Well, but it's so clear that the Kobe shoes are so oh, it's iconic to NBA players. Mm -hmm. And so I know that folks, Devin Booker even tweeted about it, are so glad to have those shoes being made again. All right, that's it for us. NFL Live is coming up next, and we will see you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Perk told us to go cleanse our souls. But Perk, Perk's not happy with us.